Welcome to The Fuse Show, a podcast brought to you by Orion with your hosts, George Figuera and me, Ryan Donovan. Today, we are happy to welcome our guest, Manish Kata, President and Chief Investment Officer of Potomac Fund Management. He's a lifelong employee of Potomac as he started with the firm after college and programmed the initial work behind Potomac's trading systems. Manish has worked remotely since 2008, and half of Potomac Fund Management has been working remotely since 2014. As of December 31st, all their staff work remotely. He's with us today to talk us through how it went. We hope his insights can be useful to you as so many of us are working from home for safety's sake. Johnny, before we before we move on to uh, to talk with Manish, you, uh, we have all been working from home at Orion. So uh, to keep it with the theme of our, of our last uh, episode, we want to do a quick love it or shove it. And I think working from home is the concept that we will love it or shove it. So being... That you're new to working from home. I've worked from home for the last few years. Uh, working from home, Donnie, love it or shove it? I love it. I love working from home, and I've only been doing it for about two weeks, so maybe it's the honeymoon period. But it's really nice to be able to you know, see your family, uh, not have to waste any time during a commute, and then transition right into your day, have lunch with your kids, see how things are going. Um, and now is a unique time because they're not in school as well. But George, you know, you've been working from home for six years. Um, why don't you, what are, what are some of the tips that, that get you through an organized day? Well, first off, I feel, I feel bad for you, Donnie, cause you got this nice, beautiful new office in our off in our building in Long Island. Oh, it was gorgeous. You only got it to is, work isn't it? for two weeks and then you had to work from home. <laughs> Um, but you know, I love working from home. I, I, I did struggle with it a little bit when I first started because you're, you're not in an office. You kind of have to rethink how you communicate with others, team members and getting information from people you need information from. This is going to sound really bizarre, but you want to know one thing that has helped me is pretending for lack of a better term that I am going to work. So when I wake up in the morning, like I do my regular get ready routine, maybe not what, as far as what, what I'm wearing, as far as an outfit, but I do, you know, I, I take my shower, I, I get ready, I put on jeans and a t-shirt. Sometimes I'll even put on tennis shoes and go into my office and actually like start my work day. I try to do that every day at the same time because you can blur the lines between am I working, am I not working? And sometimes productivity suffers, or sometimes you find you like, you'll work till eight o'clock at night, you know, and you need to shut it off sometimes to spend time with your family. So that's, that's one thing I've noticed. We've used Zoom a lot and I know you had some, some information on for Zoom, people are starting to use Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we've been using Zoom for years, and Zoom is probably probably the best. And feel free to challenge me if you'd like, but the best screen sharing tool for us providing demonstrations or yeah. pro- producing webinars. Um, we love it. The challenge is now there are a lot of people home. High school kids have absolutely nothing to do with themselves, and uh, millions of kids are home, and millions of people are looking for trouble. And so you have to go into your Zoom settings and change some of the preferences. For example, Zoom by default is going to allow anybody to share their screen. Zoom by default will allow anybody to annotate using the whiteboarded tools. And so from a best practice standpoint, so that somebody doesn't insert a clip of pornography in your next presentation, you should probably go ahead and turn off those settings that would allow anybody to take control of the the meeting by sharing their screen. The New York Times ran a hilariously sad article (laughs) about um, Chipotle, Chipotle, uh, a women's foundation, and a lot of instances of people who've hijacked Zoom accounts. Secondly, 
Uh, you want to make sure that you only use your personal ID when need to. You can create a unique Zoom ID every time you schedule a meeting. Or you could be a little lazy like I am a lot of times and just use my personal meeting room, which has the same ID. If anyone gets their hands on my personal meeting room, they can pop in or use it whenever they want um, because it has the same privileges as when I use it. So the issue there is people are using Zoom for free to hold their own meetings with family, with friends, because it's being used for a lot of non-conventional purposes. Um, it's not just corporates using it anymore. Uh, people are having happy hours. George and I had a happy hour with some of our work colleagues using Zoom and virtual backgrounds for fun. Um, I know now, you know, people are using it in order to collaborate and, and speak to groups where, you know, FaceTime might not let you. So anyway, it's, it's a really powerful tool, but just be aware of those settings that you can put in place to minimize the risk of somebody creating an embarrassing moment for you. Yeah, I, I do that enough on my own. So good tips. Well, let's hear from Manish on how he's using some of these tools to run his business. Thank you for joining us today, Manish. We look forward to hearing your perspective on how to survive working remotely and love the opportunity before we get started in the Q&A for you to tell us a little bit about Potomac and the structure of your firm. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are a what's considered a third-party money manager where advisors throughout the country outsource their money management to us, and uh, we then manage, uh, take fees, do everything for them, and pay them out on a quarterly basis. So even though our clients are spread out across the country, we also have some internal clients for what it's worth. And so a good way to sort of tee this off is, you know, back in probably 2003, 2004, I can remember uh, our office used to be in Maryland and my former business partner at the time and I would just burning the midnight oil over and over. And, and finally, we got to the point, you know, where I woke up one day at my desk and he was at his desk and we both sort of passed out with our feet up and we're just like, this can't continue. And the reason we were in that position is because of the, the things we did, the nightly tape backups and all these things that had us chained to our desk. So we sort of made a pact back then, and this was 2004, five-ish, where we said, look, no matter how this business grows, no matter how we want to grow it, we refuse to be chained to our desk. It, you know, we, we want to be able to enjoy life, but also still run a business. So every decision we made from that time forward was two things. How can we serve our clients, grow our business, but at the same time, not be tied down? Um, and that's sort of the genesis for every decision we made since then. Manish, um, hey man, thanks for, for taking the time on this podcast. So, you know, we're obviously in some very serious times right now um, with this coronavirus thing and everyone's having to work from home. You, because of that decision a while ago, you've had the... Um, you know, you've had the luxury of of testing these systems out, figuring out what works over the past what maybe decade almost, right? Yeah. So, can you can you give our our listeners some specific examples of what are those things over the last ten years that you've learned that have that have worked? And you know, and and right now, being that it's such a critical time, what are some like what are what are the tools that they can enable right now? They can be using tomorrow to do some of this stuff. For one, when it comes down to the tools, everything needs to be cloud based. Even if there's a portion of that tool that requires a desktop server, the answer should be no. Um, it, it, everything should be cloud-based from your trade management to billing to CRM. And I know a lot of times people think that's table stakes, but it's not. I've tested tons of software where they like, yeah, you can access this, but you have to download this software. And so you have to be really vicious about 
you know, when you're out there soliciting new software, that it's it's a 100% cloud-based, um, secure, uh, two-factor, and the ability for all your staff to access it in different locations, right? That's number one, to make sure it's cloud-based. Um, secondly is, is, is security. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of people who are messing around with OneDrive and G Drive and these different setups that frankly, you know, they're not meant for business. They're not meant for commercial setup. They're, they're retail. Um, and so, you know, when you're putting things in the cloud, you, you need to make sure you have certain procedures in place to, to make sure everything's secure. Um, but those two things, cloud-based and then also security and also, you know, a cloud-based file server that, that's secure is one of the things that I would say are essential to start the process. There's a lot more, but that's the start. What uh, provider do you use for cloud-based file server? I'm just curious. We actually use Ignite. Um, and that oh, was okay. a, a recommendation of Orion way back in 2008 or nine. Um, and uh, I know a bunch of people have moved on from that with Dropbox and Box and things like that. But Ignite, I still think from a security standpoint, is one of the better ones out there. Is it, And is that where you typically have like client application or new account forms, um, copies of wills, that type of stuff? Just curious how you're using it. Yeah, everything. That's that's our server uh, across the board. And then you can control access, right? So my, my director of marketing doesn't need access to client information, right? So it, you set up security in terms of the user and their credentials and, and who gets access to what. Um, but we, we use the cloud server for everything uh, that's posted. One of the things that we're also um, really strict about is you cannot post things in other uh, software. Like you can have your CRM and uh, project software, everything goes into the Ignite server. And then if you can always integrate if you want, but everything starts with the Ignite server. In terms of your compliance policy or security policy, um, did that before you, um, you know, obviously this happened, you were already prepared for remote working. Um, was that, a, was there a policy for all of your staff on things like you just mentioned? What do you do with sensitive client information, with personal identifying information? How do you download that? How do you store it, et cetera? Yeah. Um, you know, we actually, I think it was 2014. I got to go back and check. We had a hurricane in Maryland, which really doesn't happen very often. And at the time we had an office and it was sort of like a crutch, right? You still had that one space where you can do things. And we made the decision at that time to, even though we had an office, let's put everything in, in place that can be remote. And so in terms of um, the processes, everyone's well aware on what things never touch your desktop, what things go directly into the cloud. And we sort of have this laid out. But, you know, even the best procedures, I mean, people are human, right? And when you train people, you know, people make mistakes. So it's sort of top down. You got to make sure that when you let people use things that they just simply can't do certain items, um, whether that's downloading something to their desktop or anything like that. So we sort of take the extra step to make sure before anything is even rolled out that there's certain things in place for them to limit their access to certain information. Manish, um, so that those are those are two you know, operational components. One of the things that we're all having to learn how to do now is how do we collaborate with our coworkers and with other team members when we're all in physically different locations? For example, I'm in the third bedroom of a, of a house here in Gilbert, Arizona. I have a seven and an 11 year old on the other wall, um, building stuff in Minecraft currently. Donnie's in a walk-in closet on Long Island <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a baby sleeping with a baby on the other sleeping. side of the wall. So yeah. I, I'm trying not to yell, but 
if I wake that baby up, it's lights out. I'm off. The, yeah. I'm off the recording. Yeah, there's going to be some <laughs> some heavy background noise. Uh, Manish, and like I don't know where you are, Manish, but like, well, number one, tell tell us where you are, and, and what are some of the tools that you're using to collaborate with your other team members? Like I know, uh, Norton's what in San Francisco, right on the other side of the country from you. So I'm just kind of curious what you're using there. Yeah, no, I'm in uh, my seven-month-old's bedroom with uh, a, pull, a pull-down desk that's attached to the Murphy bed, and so yeah, it's fantastic. So uh, yeah, we got we got uh, director of marketing in uh, the Bay Area. Um, we have our director of advisor education, who's also a minority owner in an RV. Um, so I have no idea where he is. Um, and then we have a couple employees in Maryland, some contractors. So we're sort of sort of spread out all over the place. And so anytime you're remote, it can get lonely. You know, you're, you're talking into a microphone, you're chatting, you don't have that water cooler conversation or the camaraderie and it gets lonely. So it's important for us, not just something like Zoom or Slack, which is great for communication, webinar, typing, uh, chat, sorry, excuse me, but the project software was important. And we were lacking that the last couple of years. We actually just signed up with the project software three months ago and we used teamwork. Um, Basecamp and uh, Monday are two other popular ones. And and this one was great because you can turn everything into a little project with its own notebook and then assign out tasks. And the best thing about this software was the dependency feature. So George, for example, if you're working on something and you know, you're 90% done, you say, all right, I'm complete. I hit that check mark. The task automatically goes to the next person in line. So there's none of this shit about texting people like, hey, where are you? Like email updates, that kind of stuff. You just know where you stand in, in line with that project uh, and you can attack those tasks. Uh, and the second big thing for us is status updates where you can actually tell your team what you're working on today in a status update. Um, and it just makes it more social when if someone's struggling with their kids and they need to step out or you know, you're, you're really proud of the task you got completed today. Um, it, it allows you to have that virtual water cooler presence sort of um, with the project software. And so that the project software and then the, the unified communications, I know you guys use Slack. Um, mm-hmm. We use Zoom for everything, including our phone system. Um, and, and that's been a big, big boom for us as well. Yeah, I think there's pretty much nobody out there who has not heard of Zoom at this point in time. My wife did a girl's night out last uh Thursday or uh, I think maybe Saturday. I don't remember. But um, yeah, we did our Zoom happy hour, George, which was a little awkward in the beginning, right? Well, considering what, considering that you look like you hadn't changed in three days and shaved in a week. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't. I hadn't. No, no, I'm also concerned. And, and you were in a closet. And... <laughs> yeah, I was actually making tacos at the time. So, um, yeah, I guess um, a lot of these are really popular and um, we love Slack. I mean, Slack has been fantastic for Orion as an organization because we have specific channels uh, that are topic based. We have general channels or we have small groups like uh, George and I collaborate with some of our other colleagues on specific projects. We create a little channel, you know, so we can collaborate on that without clogging up the email. Um, and it's quick, it's instantaneous, uh, like text messaging. So yeah, and I, yeah, I, I think it's important that. that these, these tools aren't in, I mean, if you haven't, if you're not using these tools, putting them in now in response to what's going on, I think it's fine. But I mean, honestly, they should be tools you're using every single day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I get significantly fewer emails since we went to uh, Slack, right, George. Right. 
a yeah, couple of years I, ago. I, I use the video feature with my internal colleague. That's how we communicate back and forth. He's working out of his apartment in, in Omaha and, and I'm out of my house in, in Gilbert. So we speak regularly um, over video. All right. Well, um, I guess, you know, just kind of transitioning along in the, in the, in the, the actual point of this you know, conversation, um, you know, how, how do you, we talked about uh, tools to work effectively. We talked about how you and your team collaborate. Manish, how, how do you keep engaged with clients without having that brick and mortar presence? So if you're not going to meet with people in your office behind a mahogany desk, you, you have to have the content production in place. Now, it doesn't mean that you need content to go remote, but I think to be successful, you have to have a consistent content schedule. So what we decided to do is say, look, everyone is different. Our users are different. We need to hit them with tons of content and at different mediums, different time slots, and just hammer them. So what we do is we have a a podcast that's an audio and video format. Some people consume those things uh, differently. Uh, We have the market commentary that's more sort of um, not in a public format to our advisors. Uh, We have the blog. And so combining these uh, different pieces, we just hit them at different angles. And I think that the best sort of real life example is what the folks at at Ritholtz do. Um, Now, I don't know them very well, but, you know, even in this last period, the last 30 days or so with the market going, I'm getting bombarded with blogs. And I don't mean bombarded in a bad way. It's just that constantly keeping the communication up there. There's no such thing as over communication when it comes to uh, being remote. You got to always keep in front of those folks. And you guys do a good job of that recently with the different places you are. Um, Orion's starting to creep into. I thought it was interesting. One thing you said, uh, Manisha, I've heard you say is when creating content, you mentioned video and you mentioned uh, a podcast and you mentioned a market commentary and a blog. Those all don't have to be separate things you do, right? Like you'll create market commentary, but you'll use the content of that commentary as the content for the blog or the content for the video, right? Like you're, it's, you're just, you have the same message. You're just using different verticals to distribute that. Yeah. I mean, this is the biggest, the biggest inside secret of marketing is repurpose. And, you know, on the, on the outside, people think, oh my God, these guys are producing so much stuff, but a lot of it's just repurpose. So you take that podcast and then Christopher will take it back and say, all right, let me pull, you know, five or six different clips from it. Uh, put the captions in there, maybe put an intro, and then you have social clips you can do, right? You can take, we take lines from the blog, like let's say there's a quote you want to take, you pull it out, have the designer make an image, put that on social, tie it back to a landing page or to a blog. So yes, we are doing a lot of content, but it it, it looks like it's 30 times more because we're repurposing everything. Yeah, that's a great point. That is a great point. Um, I guess, you know, talking about the, you know, the client conversation, we, uh, since we started working remotely, we've turned our videos on and many at Orion have uh, always had their videos on when they engage our clients to try to build up that relationship. Um, You want to talk a little bit about, I know you mentioned that you are starting and utilizing video or testing out video and how that's worked out for your firm. Yeah, we we've always used video for marketing and for you know FAQs and recording things like that, but never really for the video conferencing. And Orion actually sort of uh, got us going on that. The last like ten or fifteen calls, you guys always had your camera on, and at first I thought you know this is sort of weird just to stare at someone on the camera, but it uh, it actually turned out to be 
extremely beneficial. It was personal. I feel like now I know that person, even though I've never met them. And, and so I took that from you and said, all right, you know, we have to do this. I mean, we're, we're remote. Um, we're, we're open about putting content out there. We also need to turn the video on. So now everyone has a video camera. Um, of course it, the timing is with this, you know, COVID stuff, but essentially everyone has a video camera. Everyone's encouraged to, to make sure it's on. Listen, I get it. There's times where you don't want to turn the thing on, you know, depending on what you're wearing or or what you feel, especially if you're, you know, (laughs) not feeling great. You don't feel like having it on, but 90% of the time, look, turn it on, make the other person feel comfortable that they're talking to a human being. Um, because that's what separates us, right? The, the robos of the world, you don't, they don't have that. You're just chatting with, with someone. And so, um, yeah, it's now sort of a, uh, a semi requirement where, where we encourage people to make sure that thing is on. That's cool. One thing I want to mention is, uh, just on, on that topic is we, Orion does have a free integration with Glia, which is the platform that we use to power that, um, for our service team. It's what powers our chat feature, our video feature, um, even our phone systems now. And we do have a free integration embedded in Orion so that our advisors can use some of those features at no cost. If you want some of the other features, there's a cost to it. But, um, I just wanted to mention Glia cause that, that's another, uh, system that, that, uh, advisors could be taking a look at right now and and kind of along those lines Manish I put something out on LinkedIn because I read a couple of tweets um, from anonymous Twitter people I'll keep them anonymous Um, kind of kind of holding salespeople to the fire a little bit about reaching out during this time Um, I saw a couple people that like posted their responses making them feel like they shouldn't be reaching out right now they shouldn't be contacting I mean as a to me putting myself in the advisor, someone who owns a business, I almost feel like right now is kind of the time to, to stop and take a look at your technology stack. You know, it's, it's going to slow down a little bit here. And I think they have time. There's, there's, there's always something in the back of every advisor's mind that says, Hey, I implemented this technology, but I wish I would have maybe chose a different provider or, you know, I've always, I've always said, I'm going to change this about my business when it slows down. I kind of feel like right now is that, that time. I mean, what are your, your thoughts on some of these advisors taking this as an opportunity to make some changes? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's no better time, you know, let's take this from a fitness perspective, right? You know, you might be going ahead with your life and, and, you know, doing what you got to do. You go to the doctor, you know, you want to exercise, right? You go to the doctor and they tell you, you know, look, you got cholesterol, you got, you know, prediabetes, whatever it is. It's that light bulb, right? Everyone has that light bulb in their life, no matter whether it's business or personal. And if, a pandemic that makes it makes you stay at home with your kids for four weeks isn't a light bulb. I, I don't know what the hell ever will be. Right. So this is the time to test the software you have, find out what you like and don't like about it, and then go out there and five providers to sort of fill those gaps. And so I think from an SEC disaster recovery standpoint, this is like the greatest thing that, that has happened, right? Because everyone is going to come back and know exactly what it's going to take to keep their business running uh, with a disaster. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you that this is the time to check out your software. Uh, this is the time to, to make sure you like working at with it at home. I think you should test it out now while you're all remote. So that way you don't come back and, and have that office crutch. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would agree with you that this is the best time to start messing around with this stuff. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this changes everything. I mean, um, we are now, I don't know how, uh, if, if it's the same everywhere, but all kids are home here, millions of kids around the country. And now, you know, this expectation with distance learning that, you know, you're going to be educating your kids at home for the foreseeable future. 
and you're going to be working from home and, and the way that people look at uh, their perspective of things like a web chat, a video chat, instead of having to go into your office and sit down at the table and, and have a formal meeting. I think people's perceptions of this, these um, interactions is going to change greatly uh, across the board, everything from education to financial advice to shopping. Right. I don't know a lot of people that are, are going to you know, probably change their preferences to more buying online, maybe even grocery shopping online, which has been really the main way I've been going about it for quite a while. Listen, I one thing I, I think you just as a business owner, you have to be you can't half ass it. You have to be aggressive in terms of, you know, making sure that everything sets up for remote, you know, because I think people will step into this and do 50 percent of it and still rely on maybe manual entry or, or something on the, that an office assistant does. And, and you just got, you can't take no for an answer. I, I bought, I've been with Potomac since the day I left college. I bought out the founder in 2017 and I did the entire transaction in San Diego while all the lawyers and accountants were in Maryland. And they kept asking, well, we need you here. We need you here. I'm like, I'm not coming there. So figure it out. And so they ended up sending out someone to San Diego to close the deal. And it, all these things can be solved, you know, especially with technology we have today. Um, and But you can, just can't take no for an answer. You have, if, if this is what you want, if you truly want to free up your time and be remote, not in office, then that's, that's sort of the mentality you have to take. That's a great suggestion. Well, Manish, we can't thank you enough for, for taking some time um, to do this podcast with us from a bedroom. Um, um, <laughs> Fold down desk. Um, I think Donna, I think it sounds like you transitioned maybe to the bathroom and now back to the closet based on, on your audio. But um, hopefully, hopefully we've given some advisors something to think about. And I think these are all really great tools and suggestions. So uh, thank you again for taking the time and, and also for partnering with, with Orion. We really appreciate all the partnership that you've uh, provided over the years as well. My pleasure. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to The Few Show. In each episode, your co-host Ryan Donovan and me, George Figueroa, will share our take on top fintech news. We'll welcome industry leaders to share their perspectives and keep you up to date on all that's happening at Orion that will help advisors and their firms innovate, disrupt, and win. Feel free to share your thoughts on the show with us and send us questions to cover in future episodes. You can email us at thefewshow at orion.com. And again, I am pretty much sure that no one listens to this part of the podcast and they stopped listening long before I said this. So prove me wrong. Again, thefewshow at orion.com and send us a question because all we're getting right now is spam. Thank you so much for listening and we look forward to bringing you episode 10 soon.